Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. So today and also for the next few weeks as well, we have some special episodes coming up. Okay, and what I did is we have been recording a series of interviews with other canine rehabilitation therapists, people who have been uh, uh, working with me sometimes, you know, some longer than others. But, you know, so I wanted it to interview those folks so you guys can hear from them on how all of this stuff that I've been preaching to you all about business and about life and everything how is that possible okay because sometimes when I get on calls with people when I'm exchanging messages with people it, it, it seems to some of you guys that sometimes uh, uh, we, we create this false belief that oh, okay Fran achieved this with the K9 PT and this and that but I don't think I can do that and then you insert whatever false belief it is you know it's like oh i don't think i can do that because i don't understand as much about business i don't think i can do that because i don't understand so much about marketing i can i cannot do that because of this because of that so my goal is to help inspire you with these interviews that we're going to have coming up okay and the first one of the, uh, the first guest that we have today is uh, dr josh hall with salt lake salt lake animal physical therapy and it was a terrific interview okay I uh, have been working now with Josh and we talk more about that during the episode itself but been working with him for a year and a half couple years now but have known him for much longer and it was just very exciting to see him make the transition from being a very successful uh, cash-based physical therapist owner transitioning into his animal physical therapy career and business and so forth and uh, uh, and there's definitely some takeaways that I want you to take you from it that I took at least so the first one that I really wanted you to take away is that even as a solo practitioner because uh, uh, Josh has made the conscious decision to just keep him business as just himself for now he doesn't have other therapists he doesn't have any administrative staff or anything like that he's the one doing everything and it was a conscious decision that he made it understanding the pros and cons of that but even with that he was still able to take significant breaks from the business he went on a couple week long uh, a two week long trip to hawaii he he frequently goes hiking and doing outdoor stuff over the weekends and he was basically able to build a business that fits his lifestyle while the business stays profitable while the business stays successful okay and and that was one of the takeaways that we need to take time for ourselves and it's very hard sometimes us as solopreneurs, as solo business owners, to give ourselves that grace, to give ourselves that time that, you know, to take it for ourselves. And it's very important for us to do so because if we don't take the time for ourselves, then the business is actually going to get stagnant because you're not going to have the time to re-energize. You're not going to have the time uh, uh, to recharge your own energy. Okay. Another takeaway that I want you to take for that was... Uh, about taking the leap towards his passion with animal PT even though he was already very successful as a business owner and as a physical therapist and how that require a much different level of, of being uncomfortable 
you know, to make that transition, even when, because he was very successful, people that were around his circle were telling him that, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Hey, maybe just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. But he's, he followed his passion and he made it work. And I, uh, uh, and I hope that helps inspire uh, a lot of you guys as well, okay? And then the third takeaway I wanted you guys to take from it is how he has become known around his area uh, in terms of helping dogs with neurological conditions, even though he doesn't have an underwater treadmill. And we talked about that, about how he approaches those cases and stuff, because I'm not saying that the underwater treadmill cannot be helpful. Talked about that many times before, but I don't think anyone in the field of animal rehab would disagree with me that it is completely overused and completely oversold. It can be one piece of the puzzle, but there's just so much more than we can do. And even with neurological dogs, where a lot of times there is a little bit of this stigma that like, well, you can't do neuro rehab with an underwater treadmill. It will, he is also a great example of how you can do it and how you can be very successful at it, okay? so. Uh, hope this interview inspires you, okay, as much as it has inspired me, and stay tuned because we're going to have another, uh, like I said, one interview coming up every week for the next few weeks, and then also, uh, uh, soon enough, I'm going to be uh, able to start announcing some of the cool stuff that we have coming up for March, guys, but Jill, uh, uh, our marketing coordinator, and myself have been really working on it now, and the more I work on it, the more I get super pumped about what we have coming up. So stay tuned, stay tuned. Soon enough, we're going to let you guys know what's going on in March, and then in April, we're also going to be launching uh, the new season, the spring season of the Business Accelerator program as well, okay? But if you don't want to wait until April, if you're like, you know what, April just seems far too long, and I need some help right now, please reach out. Let's chat, okay? Let's chat because I can get you into the program right now so you can start going through some of the pre, uh, 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 the recorded version from last fall. And then once you join it this spring, then you're already a part of it. Basically, you get in a two for one kind of deal, okay? So if that's something that you interest, just email us or contact us uh, uh, through social media, through direct message or something like that, okay? Thank you guys so much. And now let's go to the interview. All right. Today, I am joined on this podcast by Dr. Josh Hall, physical therapist at Salt Lake Animal PT. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So let's start by uh, having you introduce yourself, your business, yourself. And and what I would say is maybe, uh, uh, you know, I always like to start with people telling a, a little bit about their journey, you know, into canine rehabilitation, you know, how they found out about it and how was that transition and that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Dr. Joshua Hall with um, Salt Lake Animal Physical Therapy in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, been in the canine rehab game for a couple years now. Uh, you know, how I heard about, uh, canine rehab is, you know, I was kind of always interested in it. I heard, heard about it during PT school. Um, you know, I did a little bit longer clinical rotation cause I knew I wanted to do orthopedics coming out of school. So I did like, uh, through the send network, um, we did a special kind of final internship that was a year in Oklahoma. So I was out there for a year taking, you know, online classes and then just, working in a pretty intense clinical orthopedic clinical rotation. And so, 
Um, I did have a little bit of time off and there was a vet rehabber out there in Oklahoma, um, actually kind of just right next door to the clinic I was in. So I actually spent some time, um, not that I had a lot of free time, but I was really interested <laughs> in it. And, you know, so I spent some time with her kind of learning about it. And I had also bought, you know, one of the books online and a little bit of reading about it, kind of always a, a little bit interested in it. Um, you know, and then finally graduated, you know, PT school and, you know, I, um, you know, in my early twenties, I'd ran a community center and then, you know, stopped doing that because there wasn't great money. I had to actually start a career and found PT because I wanted to help people. You know, I was working for American Express. It was a great company, but I was like, oh, I can't be in corporate America. And then I, <laughs> then I graduated PT school and I said, wait, this is like the worst part of corporate America, you know, <laughs> right. being in that, being in the American healthcare system where they're like, you know, treating so many clients yeah. per hour, do your notes on your lunch, just, just the grind. And I was just like, I, this is not what I signed up for. You know, I don't want to do this. So I did that about four years and then I, um, you know, did some business learning uh, through, through a business coach and kind of learned about how to open my own business. And about four years out of PT school, I started a cash-based human practice and mm -hmm. that was going really well, super profitable. It was great. Um, but then I, I was in a business group that Fran was in and, and, and I talked to Fran about canine rehab and that kind of just kept that spark in my heart kept, you know, I was like, oh man, I'd love to work with animals. And Fran told me like, hey, maybe a year from now, you'll probably be working with animals. And it probably took me a little bit longer than that. But I, um, you know, it was, you know, made that transition. And, you know, my business coach definitely was like, oh, you should just keep doing the human practice because it's so profitable. But I just knew something in my heart, like, was drawing me to the animals. They're just so amazing. They love you so unconditionally. And I just thought it'd be so awesome. So I, you know, did the courses and um, all that. And I wasn't going to open a, um, an animal practice yet, but I had a friend that had like a, a 13 year old Shih Tzu and her dog was walking like a Oompa Loompa. And, um, <laughs> you know, and so that was literally what she said and what the vet said. And so he gave her about three months to live, the dog about three months to live. And so I treated her dog and that actually went so well. She started telling everybody and people started calling me and I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. So I kind of, yeah, opened up the, um, the canine practice and, um, you know, slowly made the transition. I was treating humans and mm -hmm. animals out of the same clinic for a while, yeah. <laughs> you know, human would come in and then a dog would come in and, you know, <laughs> so just, uh, kind of slowly, you know, made that transition until finally the animal practice just took off and eventually, right. you know, became more profitable and even better than, than the, than the human practice. And not that it's just about the money or profitability. Of course, we got to make, you know, we got to make a living, but just love it so much more. They're just so amazing to, to work with. And now we're to the point where we're booked, you know, a few weeks out and just tons of clients, tons of people coming in and we kind of specialize in seeing dogs with IVDD. I mean, we see everything young, old, um, all different injuries, but really what I love to see is dogs with IBDD. We see them non-surgical and post-surgical. I honestly prefer non-surgical IBDD dogs. Like they just recover a lot quicker um, and do a little easier and, you know, owners call and they're usually, you know, pretty upset crying or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. my dog's got to have an MRI surgery, $3,000 here, $6,000 yeah. here. And they're pretty upset. And then being able to help them through that. Um, and then also help the dog through that and see them, um, be able to see the dog be able to walk again honestly that just that's really like I mean it's so fulfilling it's really what gets me gets me up in the morning I really love seeing those cases so
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the best part of it all. And and not that it wasn't fulfilling, right, us as, as human PTs, you know, back in the previous lives, uh, to mm -hmm. see our human patients also achieving what they wanted to achieve. Oh, but yeah. I feel with the dogs, I don't know, it, it, it is a whole other level, especially mm -hmm. with those narrow cases, the IVDD cases that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the surgeon gave a 50-50 chance of the dog mm -hmm. ever walking again. And then a few months later, you see them walking and wagging their tail and being happy i mean yeah it doesn't get yeah. like much more fulfilling than that yeah it doesn't get any better and then also just like you know the relationships you have with the clients and then what how they appreciate their dogs and even the relationships you have with the dogs like you know some dogs come in and they'll like give me kisses and love me and yeah. their owners their owners like they don't do that with anybody else what the yeah. heck you know and so it's just a special yeah. bond you get to form with each animal and each owner so Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it happens with you too. But yeah, we get people telling us that as soon as like, they either pull up to our parking lot or even mm -hmm. sometimes when they take the, the exit on the highway, you know, to mm -hmm. come to our clinic, they tell me that their dog knows it. They already get yeah. like, oh my yeah. God, yes, this is it. This is it. They already <laughs> get super excited. Yeah. I hear that all the time. They, they know where they're going. So um awesome all right so a lot for us to uh break down from everything that you just shared but um maybe where i wanted to start a little bit is uh yeah you you had a little bit of a different pathway you know because you had a very successful uh, uh out of network insurance like i'm sorry out of network cash-based like human pt business you know and you you were doing very well for yourself and i do understand that hesitation even of like, okay, like, why would I, why would I completely do like a 180 and kind of like change, you know, where kind of like things are headed at kind of stuff. So, and I feel like sometimes uh, uh, people in our, uh, that are looking to do canary rehab find themselves in the same shoe. It might be a PT just like yourself who find found something that they enjoy, either a cash-based business or even sometimes a, 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 a job that they have at a maybe a hospital setting, you know, whatever it may be, or even veterinarians, you know, it doesn't mean that everything, everyone's coming into this field with like a, like a burnout and stuff. So I would love for, for us to talk a little bit more about your thought process during that time and like, okay, how, you know, what was that that was the catalyst for you to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go and didn't happen overnight. You still kept treating humans for a while and stuff. But then there was like, this is this is the time that I'm actually going to now go through my training, go through my certification and start putting the things in motion to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of gradual. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember really one moment or one thing in particular, uh, but I just always knew it was in my heart. I, I loved animals. You know, I wasn't, I had one dog growing up that, you know, ran away. My parents said I didn't have a lot of animals growing up, but I always loved animals and always kind of wanted to work with them. And I just really was just a burning desire in my heart, you know, and like even being interested in it at school and then meeting you and hearing about your success. Um, I think, you know, it was just gradual. And I just, you know, I just knew, you know, I've never been the person to just, do what people tell me and take the path that's easiest, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I just knew there was just something inside me that knew, like, you know, I wanted to work with animals. This looked amazing, you know, and just, you know, hearing other people's stories. And, um, I just yeah. think, you know, I, I met the right people along 
the way, you know, I don't know if I wouldn't have met you if I would have eventually made that leap, but I, you know, I was always interested in it and, you know, hearing about your success and meeting other people. I just, I just knew in my heart that, you know, maybe that's a cliche answer, but I really knew like something within me, like just listening to my inner voice and knowing that this is what I wanted. You know, I had to overcome fear or doubt or worry, or even the sacrifice of, you know, giving up a, a business where my, you know, awesome business coach was like, I don't think you should do this, you know, cause I, the transition wasn't necessarily easy. I mean, the transition right. manual, you know, manual therapy skills and the training through CRI, that was awesome. Like the physical therapy part transition was, you know, was, I thought fairly easy for me, like coming from my orthopedic background and stuff. But I think the hard part was just making the decision and like even people that were in my life that were coaching me, telling me, no, I don't think you should do this, but I just knew, um, I knew it was a path I wanted to take and I knew it was going to be rewarding. So just, uh, just deciding to kind of make the jump, even though I had a successful business, just, just something told me that's, that's where I'd be happiest. And, you know, that's where I, I've, I tried to follow just that inner voice, yeah. I guess, and, and overcome all fear or what I was worried about, you know? Awesome. Yeah. And I remember, right, we started kind of like hanging around the same circles around 2018 and, mm -hmm. and definitely like, you know, in 2019. And I remember, you know, we would see each other in this business conferences every like four months or so. And, 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 and I just remember like, yeah, we would talk about business and stuff, but you always would ask me questions about, you know, my business in terms of the canines and stuff. And, and I could see always like your eyes would just light up. I could see that mm -hmm. this is something that like you, 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 you really would like to do. And, and to what you alluded earlier, you know, I even said, it's like, yeah, you're going to be doing this. I don't know when it's going to happen, but like, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're going to be doing this. So I'm very excited to you know, yeah, to just uh, uh, even at that point indirectly, you know, helping you along that journey, especially now seeing where you're at right now, uh, uh, both with your business, you know, and, and, and your life too. You know, I think something mm -hmm. that you just, just mentioned very important is it wasn't just about the business. It wasn't just about, yeah, I can keep this business going. It's, it's successful. Uh, uh, it's going well and stuff, but it was about finally, you know, finding the, the fulfillment, you know, mm -hmm. the, the following that passion that you really wanted. And, 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 and that's one of the cool things that I find about your story and don't know how much you kind of like want to get into and stuff, but if you, you know, sharing with, with the listeners today in terms of like what has owning Salt Lake Animal PT meant to you, not in terms of necessarily the clinical stuff and the dogs that you help, but in terms of your life and, and how does it help you with your lifestyle and, and the things that you want to do today? Yeah, I mean, it's been integral, um, you know, um, of course, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I love hanging out with dogs all day. Honestly, there's there's nothing else I'd rather do. I've thought about this. And I have a, a f sorry, I'm kind of getting emotional. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a friend that's a en successful entrepreneur and we go out to dinner and he's like, man, that's really cool. You found your niche. And he's like, is there anything else you'd rather do? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> I mean, other right. than being a professional fly fisherman, but I still don't know if that would be <laughs> as cool, you know, but, um, and, and yeah, as far as lifestyle for me, it's, um, you know, it's so much freedom and independence. Like, you know, um, you know, I'm treating dogs, helping dogs being fulfilled, but financially I'm super independent. I've been able to, you know, pay off loans, pay off debt. I've been able to, um, 
just live a free and independent lifestyle. You know, I, um, you know, I've, I hear a lot of times in business like, Oh, you know, cause it's just me. I don't have any employees and I kind of like it that way right now. Maybe eventually I'll change my mind, but people are like, Oh, you can't take any significant time off, you know, but I just mm-hmm. went to Hawaii in August for 10 yep. days, you know, went to Canada a couple months ago. I got multiple vacations this year and I actually haven't found that to be true. It's, it's just gave me complete freedom and independence to, live the lifestyle that I want to do the things that I want. I mean, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I just bought a new car that's paid off. And I mean, it's just absolutely allowed me to have absolute freedom and independence and um, not only have a job that fulfills, fulfills me in love yeah. that I love that. I don't know if I'd rather do anything else, but also to um, just have way more freedom and financial stability than I could have ever imagined. So that's awesome. And, and that's why I wanted to share that. So people could, yeah, could, could, could see how, you know, the business helped fulfill what you wanted, you know, out of mm-hmm. your life. It was kind of like the vehicle for you to achieve that and the vacation too, especially mm-hmm. the fact that like, sometimes it gets so caught up with like, well, I can't take time off. I can't travel because who is going to see my patients? What am I going to do if the business is not going for 10 days? Right. And you just went to Hawaii for 10 days. You just uh, uh, have been traveling. And I see on your Facebook all the time, you know, you mm-hmm. go hiking, you do, you know, all sorts of outdoor stuff over the weekend, you know, and that's what I love about your story. It's the mm-hmm. fact that you, you're achieving all of those things while the business is working for you. Um, so then let's go back a little bit because one thing you 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 talked it about that really uh, uh caught my attention right is the fact that you love working with ivdd dogs and and you you help you know a lot of them not saying that you don't see other dogs but kind of like you 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 help a lot of them with that and 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 one thing that i took note here that i'm like hmm, maybe we should talk about that is that i know your i know your clinic space i know you don't have an mm-hmm. underwater treadmill and mm-hmm. and 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 i know sometimes there is a little bit of the stigma or misunderstanding from pet owners or even from uh, the surgeons themselves and from referring veterinarians themselves that oh but we need to have an underwater treadmill to make neuro rehab successful right mm-hmm. so Tell us more about that and how have you been able to build this niche in that area without necessarily having an underwater treadmill or a pool? Yeah, definitely. It's not that the underwater treadmill or pool can't be helpful in some ways, but to me, it's just more of a generalized treatment. And to me, to be honest, like, you know, rehab 30 years ago or even some that still today is like, you know, let's do underwater treadmill and laser. And to me, like, you know, not that those things can't help, but they're very unskilled things. And so what I've really taken is I'm also board certified in orthopedics and dry needling Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I had a really good manual therapy background before I came into this. And so I feel like a lot of that transition and those skills have transitioned naturally. So, you know, with me, I do, I do instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization with a tool not really crazy like some human pts going hard or deep it's more of a neurostimulation that's super helpful of course i do laser um, i do some dry needling on the spine which really helps you know uh the inflammation on the nerve it helps the nerve functioning releases endorphins and calf and serotonin for pain relief and various other things and then i do a lot of neurodynamic sequencing whether it's like toe pinches tail pinches um, just a lot of neuro um, type techniques and then i do neuromuscular electrical stimulation whether it's on the back or the back legs um so 
and then you know range of motion and just all kinds of different things and then eventually when you can build up strength balance proprioception coordination and then have you know i have home exercise videos i send the clients at home with so they're working on stuff at home too so to me i think that approach has been more effective in the sense that like i'm very specifically treating impairments mm -hmm. and neurofunctions versus just sticking in a, a dog and underwater treadmill and saying hey let's hope you get better so um i just think it's been yeah it's just been very very effective and um then you know people post google reviews online i also make like videos of dogs you know before and after and share those on social media or share those with clients via email and you know people see the results people lots of times come in and be like wow i read your google reviews i hope you can do this for my dog you know so i think you know that you just try to care about every dog and treat them uh the right way and um do the things that you know and feel is best that are a lot more honestly scientifically and evidence-based and that's kind of more where pt is at and where the canine field is going i think you do all those things and then um yeah just it's kind of build a reputation and i just seem to get a lot of those dogs in so yeah and have you had to deal with any um like skepticism or something like that from the pet community or from the vet community in terms of like you doing this narrow rehab but without the underwater treadmill yeah definitely i've I've had you know talked to a couple of vets about it and they're kind of more skeptical and usually with clients though you know they're if clients call in and they're just say hey do you have underwater treadmill i want to do underwater treadmill mm -hmm. i say then i usually try to I'll be like yeah we can talk about that and then i'll just ask them questions and what they're looking for for their dog and what they really want to get and lots of times you feel that you find that they're not necessarily focused on the underwater treadmill. That's just the I only know. question they know to ask, you know, and then yeah. when they come in and they, you know, they've, I send them the video examples and I, they come in for the eval and I kind of show them and explain them what we do and how it's different than they're in. It's just totally on board. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's a great point. It's like, it's, it's sometimes people are asking about the underwater treadmill because they don't know any different because maybe their vets told them or they've seen on social media. And that's what I tell folks all the time, you know, because people ask me, it's like, okay, do you, do you get phone calls? And I'm sure it's the same with you. Do you get phone calls of people asking about the underwater treadmill? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how do you answer? And, you know, and I basically tell them, it's like, well, it's about pivoting the conversation a little bit while showing how you can help them. So if someone is calling us and asking, Hey, do you do underwater treadmill? You know, my, one of my first questions is going to be like, oh, is there a particular reason why you're looking for underwater treadmill? And then they're mm -hmm. going to say, yeah, my dog just had this injury, that injury. And I've heard about underwater treadmill, someone told me about underwater treadmill. And I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. And what are you looking kind of like, you know, what do you want to, to get out of it with your dog? Oh, I want my dog to be able to walk again, get stronger and this and that. It's like, okay, would you be, would you be willing to hear more about how we can help you? during this process, even though we don't have an underwater treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. And then at that yeah. point, their guard went down and they're like, yes, mm -hmm. definitely. Tell me, tell me more about it, right? Yeah, I think that's really important what you said, pivoting the conversation, whether it's like, well, we can talk more about the underwater treadmill or, or that, but like, what do you really want for your dog? Really pivoting that conversation because mm -hmm. I think too many people that just don't have, you know, training or experience in that area might be like, well, no, we don't have underwater treadmill. Okay, have a good day in the conversation exactly. within there. But yeah. and that's not even necessarily that that's the one thing they even necessarily want. It's just that's all they know. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's all they know to ask. And so yeah, definitely just 
educating the client and sh shifting the conversation and really finding out, you know, what they want for their dog is, is the key. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and to be fair to the listener, you know, like it took me quite a few years to really learn how to have these conversations and, and, and Josh, mm -hmm. you know, he, 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 he learned a lot of those same kind of like, uh, um, nuances of it from the same business coach when he had his human cash based PT, you know, mm -hmm. where I'm sure one of the first things you get on a, on a call from people is like, do you take my insurance? Right. And oh, you yeah. don't want, you don't <laughs> want to say no. Cause if you say yeah. no from the get go, yeah. that conversation is gone. So it's <laughs> yeah. about kind of like pivoting that, you know? So, so anyways, so yeah. for, for, for the listeners, don't feel discouraged. It's a process that kind of like you can learn how to kind of like have those conversations in a more efficient kind of like way. Um, but, but then let, let's go back a little bit, if it's okay with you to that transition from humans to canines, right. From, so you said how, you know, you, you, you know, you got trained through CRI, you did a lot of observation in this and that, was there anything from the clinical sides of things, so not the business, that uh, uh, that was challenging to make that transition from humans to canines? No, I think if anything, um, you know, if anything, I mean, you know, I was board certified in orthopedics, had really good manual therapy skills. Like when I went to that, not to like toot my own horn, but when I went to that clinical rotation for my final year, it was through you know, the SEND network and, you know, we were grilled and questioned each week and we worked on manual therapy skills. So, I mean, my, my final year of school was heavy orthopedic manual, just like grind. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I came out ready uh, to treat as an orthopedic human PT a lot better set up because of that. And then I felt like that really helped me transition. I mean, I thought, I felt like CRI was a great course. They had great instruction and yeah, maybe in the first few months or year, like, you know, I had still learning things. Like I think, you know, how to work with the dog that has ACL tear, when to rehab him, and maybe when to um, recommend surgery that I think that was one thing that was maybe a little hard to learn in the beginning. But as far as most things, like I was actually surprised how much, you know, the manual therapy skills, or even the the thought process of how to do PT, and, you know, how to structure a session and all that, how seamlessly some of that stuff did trans transition over to the canines. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because yeah, we, we just had a, a, a PT shadowing a couple of weeks ago over here at the clinic and she made a comment along the lines of like, oh, this is kind of like how I treat my patients. You know, she works with humans. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is it is the same framework. You're just yeah. applying to a different body, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a kind of stuff, but you the yeah. thought process, the framework is kind of like uh yeah. gonna be there's just a couple more legs. <laughs> a couple more legs they gotta keep an eye on and yeah. and some treats they gotta have on hand, right? To make yeah, sure, that, for sure. <laughs> that that they're that they're doing what we want them to do. Um, and then what about from a business angle then? So your situation, of course, is a little bit different because you, you started your K9 rehab business already having a, a significant amount of knowledge about, uh, uh, business ownership, but what were some of the challenges you encounter as you kind of like, uh, uh, started and grew your K9 physical therapy business? Um, I think, you know, as far as the, the clinical part, it was, you know, just building up, I think the challenge was just building up a schedule in the beginning, making that transition, but I, it was fortunate. I had a lot of human clients, so I was able to kind of transition pretty easily there. I think honestly, like some of the real challenges I faced and, um, 
was just like i think people in my area were threatened by having a new clinic to be honest like mm-hmm. there was one person in the veterinary field that sent me a not so nice email and questioned my call qualifications and you know i took a couple days to respond because it was one of the more threatening emails i've ever got and i responded and just let them know about my training and everything and then even like a year later um you know somebody called the department of public licensing on me and you know i had to turn in all my paperwork from cri and prove how i was qualified to do this so i think yeah i mean the the transition was pretty easy from human you know because i had my human practice so i was able to see some of those clients and see some of the dogs and stuff but i think for me it was um yeah just i think people um people some people in my area were kind of threatened by like the new guy in town and all the awesome reviews i was getting and so i i kind of ran into some interesting um interesting roadblocks in that area but i mean everything worked out because i was qualified and made sure that i'd done you know, I crossed all my T's and dotted my I's. Make sure you understand your state practice act because somebody might question you on it. Um, so I think those are kind of the real challenges for me. Yeah. I just were the unexpected and unforeseen things, you know. Yeah. I, and I mean, you know, for those who don't know, in, in Utah, right where you're at, there are very mm-hmm. specific guidelines mm-hmm. in the physical therapy practice act on terms of training that you have to do in order, not just training, but a lot of observation hours, experience mm-hmm. hours they have to do to, to even start treating animals, right? So so it's very clearly defined and, and it was just making sure that like, yeah, that you hit all of those. And, and, and it is unfortunate sometimes that, you know, people see uh, 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 other businesses opening as a threat, unfortunately, right? It's one of the mm-hmm. main reasons why yeah. my very first podcast episode that I did was about having an abundance mindset because I want all of us, no matter if you're a vet, a PT, a Cairo, working in this field to 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 f- understand that we all bring something to the table and there is such a need for what we do as animal rehab therapists, regardless of our background. And there's just not enough of us around you know and then you add on top of that the shortage of veterinarians that there is it is a a, a, you know a national issue that there's just not enough vets out there to work in all specialties of veterinary medicine which in turn ended up you know creating a shortage of vets even in the in our field of rehab and opening up the doors for other professionals who are well-trained, well-qualified, well-credentialed, right? So not to any lay person to be able to serve that community. I feel it's so important to be able to, 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 to bring more of this to the, the, you know, to pet owners across the United Mm -hmm. States and across the globe too. Definitely. There's so many pets to be treated. There's almost too many, you know, there's way, way more than we could ever all treat, you know? And that's what I tell people too, like, you know, even like I'm, you know, cause I don't know the specific in, in, in Salt Lake over there, but here let's, you know, in Chicago, right. We, you have the, the Chicago itself and then the greater Chicago land area, even when you're looking at Chicago itself, that has a population of like a few million people, I believe, or something like that, you know, there's only about like, I think six or seven places for people that do canine rehab and think about all Mm -hmm. the pets that kind of like are around It's it's just not enough, you know? So, so even when people think, oh, but they see it as a threat or they are hesitant about starting their own business because they're like, well, but so-and-so is already doing and stuff like, no, there are plenty of pets who are going to need our help. And of course, 
now plenty of pet owners looking for different solutions and veterinarians also understanding more, especially compared to like eight years ago when I first started in this field, understanding more like what canine rehab is and how helpful it can be. So there's that, mm -hmm. that exposure in terms of that as well. Um, awesome. Awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry that you had to go with that, but uh, go through, you know, those issues and stuff, yeah. but, but thank you for sharing that, you know, to the audience. So people can mm -hmm. kind of like understand that, that yeah, there's going to be issues and there's going to be people, unfortunately, that are going to try to bring us down rather than finding a way for them to elevate themselves amongst with us. And we mm -hmm. just got to kind of like keep moving forward and doing our thing. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Awesome. So then um, as we start to kind of like wrap it up, do you have any, uh, any advice, any pearls of wisdom that you like to share with anyone uh, who might be listening uh, about your journey, about this process and, and, and kind of like, you know, yeah. And anything in general that we didn't touch upon that you'd like to share? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, just enjoy the journey. You know, there's no destination, you know, just as long as long as you, as long as you're along that path, just take it one day at, at a time. Um, enjoy the journey, you know, find someone um, who's where you want to go and kind of learn from them, model after them. I, you know, I have my bachelor's degree in business administration, but honestly, I learned far more from like useful and practical information through, you know, people like Fran, through my other business coach and others in the field. So, uh, it's kind of like, you know, there's book smarts and street smarts. So you have to kind of surround yourself mm -hmm. with people that have been there that are on the street that have the street smarts that are already doing it. And um, that's been vital to the success of my business. And, you know, they're going to have all the tools and practical information you need. Um, also, you know, always take time for yourself. You know, don't sacrifice who you are. Um, for me, that's daily practices. Like I like to meditate, go to the gym, walk my dog, spend time with my girlfriend, you know don't get caught up in, in the mindset of, you know, you're just going to be a workaholic and that's what it takes, you know, live a balanced life and, and, you know, find ways to be efficient and successful there. Um, and then really your business can be whatever you want it to be, whether that's huge with multiple therapists or, or just you, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I at one point wanted to grow a huge clinic and right now I'm just content with just being me and maybe in five years that'll change, but, um, your business can really be whatever you want it to be. And, um, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. You can travel if you want to travel, you know, if you can take your weekends off and do what you want to do. So, um, you know, you're, you're the creator and you get to make it whatever you want to be. Awesome. Love it. Love all of those takeaways. Thanks so much, Josh. So yeah, I, I'm going to put on the show notes, um, the, 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 the link to Salt Lake Animal PT in case people are curious, but, um, what are other ways that people can, uh, contact you, learn more about your business, anything that you want to share? Yeah, um, they can contact me, saltlakeanimalphysicaltherapy.com. Uh, my email and our, our phone number's on there. You can call or text me there. Um, you can check us out on Instagram and face, Facebook at Salt, at Salt Lake Animal Physical Therapy. So, yeah, love to hear from you. Help help anybody who needs it. So, Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. I hope the listeners have found this as helpful as I have found. Found some uh, inspiration on your journey um and yeah man just just keep working just very proud of 
you know, what you have accomplished since I met you now, what, four, four years ago now yeah. or so. Um, you know, I'm just very excited to see kind of like, you know, where things are headed for you as well. Awesome. Thanks, friend. I wouldn't be here without you, so I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the K9 rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.